You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid movie recommendations for whatever ails you. Yes, we do. But note, we are not real therapists. We are not doctors. But Rafer, you and I are movie critics. We are indeed. Kristen, shall we get to this week's letters? Yes, let's do it. Our first letter is from Rachel. Rachel says... Dear Rafer and Kristen, I miss my friends. I miss going to bars with them and having dinner with them and sitting on the couch watching dumb movies with them and all the other mindless things we used to do together before COVID-19. Before you ask, yes, I do FaceTime with them and I text with them. I talk on the phone with them and interact with them on social media. But I just wish we could all hang out again. Well, Rachel, I I hear you. I think that's what we all want at this point. I know I miss my friends who are, you know, a, a, a full block away from me. And I haven't <laughs> seen them in, you know, I don't know how many weeks. You know, it'd be very nice to go out to a bar and get a drink, uh, get a coffee, bump into someone, you know, sit on the stoop, chat, all that stuff. Um can't be done. And all I can tell you is you're doing the right thing by staying inside. But it's hard. It's painful. Kristen, I'm, I'm, I know you're in the same I know you're in the same predicament. Very much so. As you know, Rafer, I'm very much an extrovert. I'm somebody who usually has a lot of plans on my calendar every day. A typical Saturday, no, I have you. <laughs> Come on. A typical Saturday, I have, you know, three to seven social engagements in the whole day. I, you know, I love to socialize, Rafer. You know this about me. <laughs> I do know that. I do know that. Yes. Yes. So I totally get it. It's sad. It is hard. But I have tried a couple things with my friends that have made us feel better. And perhaps, Rachel, you can try them as well. First, to simulate that feeling of being at our favorite bar together, we've visited Virtual Cheers. Org. It's a website that allows you to make donations to participating bars to support their furloughed workers. And when you do that, they send you 
a Zoom background of the inside of their bar that you can use during your virtual hangouts so you and your friends can pretend you're at the bar together. It is very cool. And if your favorite bar isn't on Virtual Cheers, you can still go to your favorite bar's website, do a screen grab of one of the bar images. I'm sure they probably have several. And then maybe make a donation to the bar just to be extra kind. And that sounds great. Have some cocktails. It sounds like a pretty good night, I got to tell you. Now, another thing my friends and I have done is the Netflix Party Chrome extension, which allows you and your friends to simultaneously watch any movie or TV show on Netflix while typing back and forth to each other via their chat function. It feels like a mix between like old fashioned AOL Messenger and, you know, (laughs) Netflix all in one. And And you like it. You like this thing. I think it's really, really fun. But I will say one thing about it. It is best to use it while watching really idiotic shows. Don't do it while you're watching like Schindler's List or anything like that. But if you are going to watch ridiculous reality show, a really dumb game show, anything like that, it is so fun. And there's one show in particular, I think is a good starting point for Rachel here. It is called Love is Blind. It is one of my very favorite shows of the year. It's a reality show in which fabulous singles in these kind of isolation pods talk to people in other isolation pods and then fall in love without ever seeing each other, only talking to each other through the isolation pods. Wow, this is very apropos for the moment. I've met the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I've never seen her before. Here, you will choose someone to marry. Hello. Nice to hear from you. Can't say see ya. Without ever seeing them. If you're ready to find the love of your life. Game time. The pods are now open. What kind of work do you do? So what are some of your biggest turnoffs? So what are you looking for in a woman? Ethnicity, race, physical appearance. None of that matters. In the very first episode, there were points where I jumped out of my seat and I yelled. Really? I actually said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I did that multiple times. (laughs) And then also yelled, no, 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 no. Now, but is that because you can see, is that because you can see the other person, you know that they're going to make a poor physical match or is it just because you feel like this person's making a bad choice based on the information that he or she has? Well, I don't want to give it away. You can't say. But once they decide they love somebody without seeing each other, they propose to each other. Oh, my God. Then have to go out into the real world and then for about a month or so, see if they can fall in love in the real world as well. And the finale episode, they have to get married. (laughs) It's so good. Rafer, as you said, apropos for our times and a perfect use of Netflix Party Chrome extension because Rachel... You said you like to sit on the couch watching dumb movies with your friends, just hanging out, being stupid. This is the way to do it. (laughs) Love is Blind, Netflix Party Chrome Extension, Be Dumb. That's my recommendation. (laughs) All right, Rafer, what's your prescription, though? Well, mine I thought mine was going to be so daring, but now it feels so tame compared to yours. I'm going to recommend Booksmart from last year, from 2019. Oh. I love Booksmart. It's a great movie. I knew that you would like it, Krista. Now, here, now, here's the thing about Booksmart. It was a real critical hit when it came out, but the thing is, not that many people saw it. It really underperformed the box office. It had a really soft opening weekend, and it just kind of never recovered. And I, I don't think... 
that had anything to do with the quality of the film, which which everyone I know who's seen it, they just loved it. I think it had to do with the release strategy and it just, the film couldn't find its legs, but it's out there now. It's really worth seeing. As you may or may not know, Rachel, it's the story of two high school misfits, Molly and Amy. Molly is a super driven academic type, uh, very, very proud, annoyingly proud of her <laughs> grades and her acceptance letter to Yale. Her friend Amy is gay and out, also very smart, but a little more concerned with, you know, uh, what uh, the teenagers are usually concerned with at that age, which is, you know, getting laid. Uh, <laughs> and when the story really kicks into gear, when Molly discovers in what I think is a hilarious scene, she discovers that every other student in her school, the partiers, the druggies, the the, the dumb-seeming hottie in the skimpy skirt, they're all going to excellent colleges. And it's a terrific moment of total horror when she realizes that she's been studying and hitting the books and not having any fun. And everybody else has been out partying and cutting loose. And they're all going to go to the same colleges. So this course, it's the night before graduation. They have one night left to cut loose and go crazy. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Rafer, this is such a fun movie. And as a female identifying person who grew up mostly with like boys going nuts and trying to get laid senior year and, you know, seeing those kinds of movies. Right. It's so nice to see females doing it instead, trying to go out there and party and get laid and be stupid and talk about masturbating and talk about all of the things that like (laughs) teenagers talk about and teenagers do and to not have it just be douche bros doing it, but to have two very, very academically smart girls doing it and seeing all the ways that even though they are academically smart, maybe they're not as smart as they think they are in other parts of the world. And to watch them learn and to watch them interact with others in new ways and get up to no good, it is such a fun movie. And Rafer, you didn't note this, but I'm going to note it. Barack Obama, in his list of favorite movies of 2019, listed Booksmart among his favorites. Oh, I did not know that. Well, he's got he's got good taste. If Barack loves it, yeah, listen, he does. Um, no, I think everything that you've said is is true, and um, it was written by women, directed by a woman. The two actresses are great. Beanie Feldstein, who is Jonah Hill's sister, she plays Molly. Uh, Caitlin Deaver is plays Amy. But the great thing is, just like as you said, uh, the movie is kind of stupid and flawed in all the ways that that male comedies are sort of stupid and flawed. And in a way, I kind of like that too. But it's it's just a great movie about friendship and having a good time together, going through a couple tough times together and sticking together. And if you're looking for a movie about friendship, I really think you you could do a lot worse. That's, uh, that's book smart. And it's a great movie. Great, great pick, Rafer. Love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do... Are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice and a good movie recommendation? Write to us. We have a website, raferandkristen.com, and there is a contact form there. You do not have to use your real name. Or if you prefer to email us, you can do that at raferandkristen at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer. Stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who is being stretched to her limits parenting and working from home. There is a corner of Los Angeles 
where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Where legends are made. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy and triumph that when sewn together form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, listeners, we want to tell you about another podcast we absolutely adore, hosted by my friend, Prairie Rose. It's called Bit by a Fox, and it's for everyone out there who loves a good cocktail and a good story. In each episode, Prairie talks with a different drink maker, taste maker, cocktail lover, or person changing the beverage scene. One of our favorite recent episodes featured distillers using their resources to make hand sanitizers to fill in the supply shortage during COVID-19. Always fun and always served up with zero pretension. Bit by a Fox will have you raising your glass to all that's good in life. Check out Bit by a Fox. Again, that's Bit by a Fox, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We are back with our second letter of the week, Rafer. Uh, do you want to read this one? Sure. This one is from Linda, uh, and I love this one. She says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I want to preface this by saying I love my children. They're free-spirited <laughs> and energetic and fascinating. <laughs> you know, I, I just, from the opening sentence, I knew this was going to be good. They're free-spirited and, and energetic and fascinating, and I'm happy they're mine. That being said, I wish I could go back to not being around them all of the time. I used to love going into the office while they went to school and after school programs. I used to love not teaching them because let's be real. I am not a good teacher. I used to love not spending all my waking hours trying to simultaneously work and parent. I used to love not having to constantly engage in the mundane, repetitive, annoying things that little kids consider play and that child development specialists consider vital for emotional and cognitive well-being. I'm sure I sound like an ingrate, like someone who should just be thankful I can work from home and thankful that my children can study from home in these uncertain times. But really, I just want to break. Help. <laughs> Kristen, pick that, pick that one up and run with that one. I love this letter so much. Linda, I have to tell you, we are not laughing at you. I just have to make really clear. No. None of this is laughing at you. It's laughing with you. Rafer, your your kids are not little. They're 9 and 12. So um, it sounds like Linda's kids are much smaller. But um, yeah. you know what she's going through, I'm guessing. 
I've I have I have been there. Boy, have I been there sitting around, you know, <laughs> just like you're saying, you know, p- uh, playing these games and having these conversations that sort of put you in a loop. You know, my my youngest used to imitate his guitar teacher and he would walk in and say, hi, I'm Kevin. Nice to see you. And then he'd play the first line of a song. And I can't remember what it was, if it was Wheels on the Bus or something else. But literally just the first line. Then he'd turn his back, walk away, about two steps away, turn back around, walk back toward us and say, Hi, I'm Kevin. Nice to see you. And we would do that for, I mean, 30 or 40 minutes. So that part of my life is over. But, you know, I also understand it. It kind of continues. I've got a 12-year-old who wants to talk about nothing but Minecraft. Um, you know, so these, these things kind of continue. So, Linda, I, I know what you're going through. Yeah, Linda, I mean, I am not the parent of small children either. But, you know, I used to nanny. I, at one point, was nannying a nine-month-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. And I know these games. I'm very, very familiar with all of these games. Yeah. Like there was at one point, um, they were I took them to see Bambi. They Bambi got re-released in the theater. The oh, yeah. kids got obsessed with let's shoot Bambi's mom and then <laughs> repeat. And it was something we played on repeat like eighty-five times a day. And it's an interesting you know, takeaway message there. But okay. Yeah, they were like, oh, one of us can hide behind the couch and pretend to shoot Bambi's mom. And the other one can be like, oh, I'm Bambi. I don't have a mom anymore. And we just... Next up, we could shoot Babar. That's great. <laughs> but that was one of the more fun games we played. We played a lot that wow. were a lot less exciting than that. So oh, I'll bet. I'll bet you yeah. did. So, Linda, it sounds like your kids are probably pretty young. Like, I'm guessing, like, six or younger, probably, seven or younger. Probably, um, yes. Based on what you're saying. And, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. We feel your pain. We know what you're talking about. And especially in times like these where you can't take a break to go to the playground. All the playgrounds are closed, right? You can't take right. a break to right. do a play date. I mean, there are no nope. play dates now. So yep. this is really, really tough. And the teaching part, yeah. Unless you're a trained teacher, I'm sure a lot of this is tough. You're doing some of it yourself right now, Rafer. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. More than that. And like Linda, much more than I should be, given my given my skill set. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely correct. <laughs> so what tips do we have for Linda and what movie recommendations do we have? Well, Linda, I'm going to go a little off the wall here. This might seem a little random. I'm going to recommend a movie that I think is about a woman who decides to just do something for herself. Uh, It's not the best choice, but she makes it and she does it for herself. Uh, The movie is Unfaithful from 2002. I was trying to think of a movie that was sort of grown up, a little disreputable, a little trashy, something you could kind of enjoy on your own <laughs> with a, a a woman that maybe you could sort of empathize with. This movie came out in 2002. It was the sort of the tail end, maybe beyond the tail end of the erotic thriller trend from the 90s. You know, the uh, Basic Instinct, Jagged Edge, Fatal Attraction. This is not written by Joe Esterhaz, but it is directed by Adrian Lyne. And I think by the time it came out, audiences were kind of sick of it, uh, sort of sick of this kind of stuff. But I think it's a pretty good grown-up movie, and here's why I'm recommending it. It's about a woman who's in a happy marriage with a loving husband and a child. Everything is perfect, but she just decides that she needs to do a little something for herself, and so she goes out and she has an affair. 
And this turns into eventually a little bit more than just an affair. Like I said, it is a thriller. I won't spoil much for you, but it's got a great cast. Um, Diane Lane, who I seem to be recommending a lot on this podcast. I don't know why. What's not to recommend? She's great. There you go. Exactly. And her husband is played by Richard Gere. And the extra dish on the side is played by an actor named uh, Olivier Martinez. I, I, I love his character because he's just, he's one of those um, sort of dazzling hot dudes with an amazing loft full of great books. So here's a clip. That's him. If he looked at me twice, I would be on my back in a second. Oh, you would not. Oh, so why not? Mm. A couple of reasons. Adam for one, your kids for another. Well, yeah, Tracy wouldn't have to know about it. Could be just something that I did for myself, you know, to broaden my horizons. It'd be like taking a pottery class. Um, you know, it's a pretty steamy film. Uh, and there's a great scene in this movie where Diane Lane gets into a cab. She's just been up in that loft doing some things. She gets <laughs> in the cab and the cab pulls away and she leans back and she's thinking about all the things that she's just just done. And the the, the emotions that cross her face, the, the look of pleasure and shame and then pleasure again <laughs> is just, it's like one of the most erotic things I have ever seen in a movie. And it's just her face. It's an amazing scene. Again, slightly trashy, but I think it's a good, grown-up, selfish pleasure. And there is a kid in it, and there's in it just enough, not very much, just enough to remind you why it's important to be a good mom. So I think it'll be a pretty good film for you. (laughs) So continue to be a good mom, but give yourself the little things you need. I think that's right. (laughs) And Kristen, how about you? Well, I love that you're having Linda, you know, treat herself a little bit, but I'm going to suggest that Linda treat herself at the same time that she's treating her kids with the help of lots of nursing children's television. Yes, Linda, that's right. I'm recommending that you give your kids more screen time so that you can give yourself a little break. Now, I know there's a major stigma against giving kids screen time, and there has been for the last decade or two, especially because now we all have smartphones in our pockets all the time. And I understand the reticence of a lot of people to expose their kids to too many screens. But I can say for myself, and I think this may be true of you too, Rafer, Growing up, I probably watched 30 to 50 hours of TV a week. Oh, my God, at least. I can tell you what the Saturday morning lineup was and the Saturday evening lineup, starting with the Smurfs at 6 a.m. for a two-hour block every Saturday and ending every Saturday (laughs) night with Fantasy Island, which came on after the Love Boats. Of course. Every day of the week, I was watching TV for, yeah, I don't know, 6 to 12 hours a day. Sure. Oh, my God, I watched old game shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all of them. Oh, the best was a sick day when you could watch The prices Right back-to-back with Pyramid, back-to-back yep. with yep. Uh, Joker's Wild, all of those. Password, oh, yeah. all of it. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, all of that, all of that. But Rafer and I can vouch for ourselves. We turned out as functioning adults. We're mostly well-adjusted people. <laughs> mostly. Despite watching 30 to 60 hours of TV a week. And maybe you can have your kids watch a couple of hours of TV a day just to give yourself that break that you deserve because you're working really hard. Totally. You're working a full-time job. You're trying to teach your kids. You're playing these dumb games with your kids. Maybe give yourself a little break by by queuing up a few of the following shows. So the first I'm going to say is Mr. Rogers. Yes. Every single episode is now on Amazon Prime. And you can just keep that running in the background forever and ever. <laughs> it's not so loud or explosive that it's going to interfere with your own work. Kids get sucked in like crazy by that show. Plus, they're getting really good messages, especially in a time like right now. Like, if you are, you know, feeling scared, talk to the helpers. Uh, If you can name it, 
you can fix it, or at least you can deal with it. He has all these really great lessons just about being human, about asking for help, about loving each other. And it's something that you don't have to feel necessarily guilty about letting your kids watch for a few hours a day. That's right. You know, everyone has lots of ways of feeling. And all those ways of feeling are fine. It's what we do with our feelings that matter in this life. I trust that you're growing in ways that will help you with whatever feelings you may have when you're a child and when you're a grown-up. I hope you're able to grow to respect whoever you are inside. I also want to point out that Sesame Street has been putting out lots of special episodes right now, including Cookie Monster's new snack chats, as well as a lot of other content. Um, And YouTube has loads of free Sesame Street episodes if you want to watch that way. There's also the PBS app, HBO, and so on. And I have to also put in a plug here for my girl, Dolly Parton. She has been, every Thursday night, reading bedtime stories to children. Uh, You may be familiar with Dolly's Imagination Library. Dolly Parton started this many, many years ago. Her father didn't know how to read, and she wanted the next generation of kids to not have to to have those challenges that her dad faced because life was harder for him because he couldn't read. So she sends a child, I think it's one book per month, every month from the time they're born until they enter first grade. And as an extension of that, during COVID, she has been reading bedtime stories to kids every Thursday night. So those are just a few selections I have there. I think all of them are wholesome enough that you hopefully won't feel guilty about, you know, extra screen time. Sure. Uh, It's not like, you know, when I was a kid, my parents like put me in front of the television when The Exorcist was on, things like that, where it's like, it's not like that. These are all wholesome shows. (laughs) It's not like that. No, no, no. no. They're all wholesome. You can tell yourself they're all educational because they are and you're not lying to yourself. And hopefully give yourself a tiny bit of that break you deserve, Linda. You deserve a break. It's totally fine that you want a break. I completely agree. And although it's tempting, although it's tempting, I really recommend not putting on SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, God. It's like, it's, it's the... It's the it's the cocaine of children's television. It's 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 not it's not good. I re- I really I really I highly recommend against that. <laughs> Do you mean just because it's so loud, so fast paced? Because you can't work while that's on in the background. It, it's loud, and it's and it's also just sort of it's 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 addictive. And, I, and what if, if again, if it were cocaine, it would be deadly. It's so <laughs> addictive. My 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 nine year old hoovers it up. I mean, he can't he can't get enough of it. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. Again, Linda, our recommendations are from Rafer, Unfaithful. Yes. And from me, Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, and Dolly's Library. Those all seem like great recommendations to me. Uh, And Kristen, I think that's it for movie therapy. Uh, Alas, it is. Sadly, we have to say goodbye to people. But folks, it's not really goodbye. You can continue the conversation by writing to us at RaferandKristen at gmail.com or by visiting our website, which is RaferandKristen.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at RaferGuzman and at Kristen Meinzer. And please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tell your friends about our show. It really does help a lot. It really does. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Rafer Guzman. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.
Yeah, Film Vault. We are one of the original film podcasts. That can't be true. There was like two other film podcasts when we began, Brian. How long have we been doing this show? You and I first sat down and did a version of the show over 20 years ago. My God. Two episodes each week. One. We review movies in the first episode. And the second one, different top five every week. Movies that made you cry. Worst movie accents. Most disturbing movies. All right, the Film Vault. Check it out. Wherever you find a fine podcast. That's right. The Film Vault's going on 20 plus years.